everyone, I'm Tony Shackle, pastor of Farm Hill Church. Our mission is knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. We're so glad that you've tuned into this sermon podcast today. We believe that the message that you're about to hear is going to bless your soul. Be sure to check out the many other sermon and worship service podcasts we have available for you. You can also find additional resources and information about our church by visiting our website at farmhillchurch.faithlifesites.com or look us up on Facebook. Or better yet, make plans to join us during one of our upcoming live services. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and for Bible study every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Now let's get right into today's message. The book of Matthew chapter number 9. And we're going to pick up reading at verse number 35. I'm going to give you a second uh, to get there. But uh, Matthew chapter number 9. Amen. Beginning at verse number 35. Amen. I'm kicking off um, a new series this morning. I say it's a series. I mean, it might be one message. <laughs> it might be two. It might be three. I don't know how many it's going to be. You say, well, Brother Tony, if it's one, that's not really a series, is it? Well, no. No, but, uh, amen, I'm just going to, I'm going to go by the leading of the Lord, amen, and the way he would have us to go, and amen, I, I know he's laid this message on my heart this morning, I feel like he's leading us in a direction for the next several weeks, but, uh, amen, God may change our mind before we get here to next Sunday, but, uh, amen, this morning, amen, I want to talk to you about a message and a subject, who will go, who will go, and my idea, my thought, amen, that God has been laying on my heart is, it's harvest time. Amen. It is harvest time this morning. Amen. In Matthew chapter number 9, beginning at verse number 35, the Bible reads, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like a sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, your word, God, is alive and it is active, God, this morning. It is powerful. God, it can change and shape and mold in, in, in our hearts and lives. God, it can carve and it can remove things that don't need to be there, but it can also heal, God, and bring peace and deliverance, God, in areas, God, where we need you in our lives, God. And this morning, God, I ask, God, that your word, God, would accomplish, God, what you've sent it out to do already, God. And we ask, God, that you would just help us this morning to preach, help us this morning to speak your word. God, help us this morning to let somebody know about Jesus, God, and help us all to draw closer, God to you this morning in Jesus name we ask it somebody say amen. amen and amen well everybody knows amen the COVID pandemic amen that uh, I don't know if it's still going on or if it's uh, if it's over it depends on who you ask I guess but uh, I mean the COVID pandemic that we've been uh, going through over the last uh, couple years uh, it, during that we've we've seen a major disruption in in the labor uh, in the workforce that is out there especially here in the US but of course uh, all over the world in fact in 2021 more than 47 million workers quit their jobs 
47 million workers quit their jobs. It's been referred to as the Great Resignation. And if you've ever been to uh, a fast food restaurant or some type of hospitality type place, you know probably what I'm talking about and what they're talking about this morning, amen, because there has been a labor shortage uh, across the United States of America, but it has impacted those kind of things. You go to, amen, a lot of restaurants during that time. Some of the doors were closed. Uh, You can even go to some now and they say, hey, have patience with us because, amen, we're short staffed. We don't have enough people to fill the jobs that we have. Amen, there's still this this shortage of labor that is going on, amen, in the United States of America, even though things may be getting better, amen, we're still suffering through that. But I begin to think about, amen, not just in the United States of America, but in the kingdom of God, in the church world today, amen, there is also a shortage of laborers in the kingdom. Amen, there is a crop that is out in the field that is ready to be harvested, The problem is there's a shortage shortage of laborers, amen, to go and do the work. And Jesus recognized this during his earthly ministry. Amen, and it is still true and it holds true even to this day. That problem still remains. The fields are white. They are ready for the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. But the problem, Jesus says, is there's not enough laborers to go out into the field and take that harvest in. Now, I want you to do something with me, amen, this morning. I mean, I want you to stand to your feet, amen, just for a second. Stretch out again, amen. Go ahead and get good and loosened up this morning, amen. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hand, and I want you to turn around and put it on the pew, on the seat of the pew where you were just sitting at. All right, do you feel that warmth where you've been sitting? Okay, you may have a seat. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, raising the temperature of the pew you are sitting on is not your calling to the kingdom. God did not call us to sit on pews and warm benches. He did not call us, amen, to just be here on Sunday morning. Jesus has called us uh, to be a kingdom people uh, who will go out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, amen, wherever it needs to be spread. Uh, And I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, amen, there is not a shortage of places that it needs to be spread this morning. Amen. Amen. We are not pew warmers this morning. God has called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. He has called us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are lost. He's called us to reach out with hands of healing and pray for people that are sick and lift up people that are depressed and set free people who are bound by the things of this world and by Satan and all of the schemes and things that he has. He has given us these hands and these feet uh, to reach out to people who are today uh, in a desperate place in their lives and they need something. They need to hear the right words. They need to see the right actions. They need to see uh, not us, uh, but the one that is in us uh, who's able to meet the needs that are in their lives. That's what people need. Uh, And there is a calling to the kingdom this morning, uh, amen, to reach out, uh, amen, and touch uh, uh, those people that are out there in the field that are the harvest that we are to be bringing in. There's an old saying. It says, 
Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You ever heard that? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. It's a true statement. I got another one for you this morning. Nobody wants to see anybody go to hell. But why isn't everybody working the harvest to bring souls in for the kingdom? I'm going to say that one more time. Nobody wants to see anybody go to hell. But why isn't everybody working to bring in the harvest of souls for the kingdom? We'll sing the song. You remember the old song? I want us to be together in heaven. But are we doing anything to help lead anybody else there? This morning I want to talk about five things related to the harvest. We'll talk about the field of the harvest, the focus of the harvest, the fullness of the harvest, the failure of the harvest, and the future of the harvest. So first this morning we're going to talk about the field of the harvest this morning. And during Jesus' earthly ministry... You realize he spent most of his time with people who were in need. Jesus didn't spend most of his time in the synagogue or in the temple or in the palace of the kings. He didn't spend most of his time with governors and leaders and political people. You know who he spent most of his time with? Fishermen. Tax collectors and sinners drunks and prostitutes and adulterers because he said i did not come to bring the righteous to salvation i came to bring sinners to salvation jesus knew there was a need there was a field there was a harvest that was out there in the world that he needed to reach He knew that there were people that needed to come to the kingdom of God and needed to have something in their lives. And he knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that those Pharisees and Sadducees and political leaders that were out there in the world, they weren't going to receive his message. They thought they had it all together. They thought they were in a place where they didn't need anything from God. They they thought they were as close to God as they can get. And Jesus says, I'm not come for you because I can't help you. I've come for those that are lost. I've come for those that are hurting. I've come for those, uh, amen, that are downtrodden. I've come for those that don't look the part. I've come for those that don't have the right clothes to come into church with. Uh, I've come for those that maybe don't have their hair cut, uh, amen, the right way that some people think it needs to be cut. Uh, I'm calling out those uh, who might wear a little bit too much makeup compared, uh, amen, to what some churches say uh, is allowed in the house of God. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus didn't care what the religious authority said. He knew who needed to be reached, uh, and he wasn't afraid to go reach them. That doesn't sound like a very good ministry strategy, though, does it, in the church world today? I mean, we could go to the Bible bookstore. Is there any, I don't know, is there even a, a Bible bookstore even out there anywhere anymore? There's very few, right? But we could go to the Bible bookstore, or we could go to a, a regular bookstore and we could go to the Christian section and we could find all kind of books, all kind of literature on how to grow a church. Right? Titles would be like How to big a, Build a Bigger Church, How to Influence People, How to Be a Better Leader. And maybe there's some good stuff in those. I, I, bet, I bet there are. 
And let me just say, those ministry strategies, as good as they may be, in my mind, they don't match Jesus' ministry strategy. And you know what Jesus' ministry strategy was? And by the way, it's something that we should be imitating, right? If there's anybody in this world who has ever lived that we should be imitating, it's Jesus. You know how he ministered? Well, if you look back, we won't take time to do it this morning, but if you look back in the preceding chapters, the last couple chapters before chapter 9 in the book of Matthew, and you look forward to the first couple verses in chapter number 10, he gives us an outline of what it means to harvest souls, what it means to reach out to people who are lost, what it means to have a successful ministry. You want to know what those things are? Number one, Jesus preached the gospel. Just that simple. You're a sinner. Jesus is the Savior. There's only one way to heaven, and that's Him. And the good news is you don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything to deserve it. You just got to accept it by faith. Jesus preached the gospel. He also healed the sick. You know, everywhere Jesus went, he reached out with hands of healing and touched people's lives and healed them of sicknesses and things that they were going through. Jesus cast out devils. In other words, people who were bound by Satan, bound by evil in their lives, Jesus came to set them free. You know what else he did? He preached, he healed, he cast out devils, and number four, he showed compassion to people in need. You see, Jesus didn't wait for people to find the kingdom. He went out into the field of the world and brought people into the kingdom of God. Any of y'all ever planted a garden? Have you ever, anybody ever planted butter beans? What I'm talking about? Have you ever planted some butter beans and had one of those butter bean pods jump off the plant, walk across the field, open the door, go in the house, jump up on the counter, unshell itself, jump in a pot of boiling water and cook itself? Has anybody ever seen that happen? Come on. It's nonsense, isn't it? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. What makes us think that sinners that are out there in the world are going to detach themselves from the world, come open the door, walk into the house, sit down on a pew, come down to an altar, get saved, jump in the water and baptize themselves and start living for Jesus? It's just as nonsensical as a butter bean trying to boil itself. It will not happen. And God has intended it that way. He has called us as the church to be the ones who go out into the field, who are willing, because uh, I'm going to tell you, when I was young and we had all those, we had butter beans and we had peas and we had pink eye purple hulls and we had all kind of stuff planted, uh, amen, and it, I never will forget, amen, those days, amen, when them five-gallon buckets of pink eye purple hulls came back, uh, amen, up on the porch and you had to sit there all day. We didn't have fancy machines that did it for us, uh, amen, by the time you got done, all of your fingers and your thumbs was purple and everything else, uh, amen, sometimes people don't want to go out into the field and do 
the work to harvest, uh, amen, what is out there, amen. But God has called us, uh, amen, to do that very thing. He has called us to get our hands dirty. Uh, He's called us to go out, uh, amen, and and go into the world uh, and compel them to come in. That's the calling that we have this morning. Amen. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to ask this a couple times this morning. Who will go? Who is willing to go? Who is willing to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. Out across this world. Amen. To those that need it this morning. Number two, we're going to talk about the focus of the harvest. What is the focus of the harvest? Jesus saw some people and he saw them where they were at. And he had compassion on them. He looked beyond their condition. He looked beyond the outward appearance. He looked beyond their past. Come on, somebody, help me. Y'all ain't helping me preach this morning. Amen. I'm going to preach, uh, amen, this morning anyway. Amen. They did, he didn't look, uh, amen, be, at, at those things that the world was looking at or the religious establishment was looking at. Uh, he looked beyond their failures and he saw their heart. He saw their soul. And verse 36 says that Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were wandering aimlessly with no leader, nobody to tell them, nobody to show them what to do or where to go. Jesus said that he, his compassion reached out to those people. Amen. And he, he reached out to them in love. And yes, he healed them. And yes, he delivered them from demonic oppression and and all of those things. But that wasn't... That wasn't the, the final move that God was trying to make in their lives. God might have healed some people. He opened blinded eyes. He made the lame to walk again. A guy that his arm was shriveled up, he made it straight again and he was able to use that arm again. God didn't... Jesus did very wonderful miracles in his ministry. But you know the one thing that Jesus did for all of those people? Beyond just healing their bodies or providing them a meal or whatever the case may be. He offered them an opportunity for eternal life. He offered them an an opportunity for a transformation and a revolution in their lives. Something to change uh, their condition where they were at. Uh, And that's what it's all about today. Uh, Amen. Let me ask you the question. Who uh, will go? Amen. Who will see the field that is widened to harvest this morning? Uh, Amen. Who will look at the focus of the harvest? uh, Which are those that are broken, those that are oppressed, those that are down, uh, those that are hurting, uh, those that are in need of healing. uh, Amen. Those that need a touch in their lives. uh, and a word this morning that can transform their lives today. Hmm. There's a song, and the lyrics of that song say this. Amen. Can you go back? There it is. Nope, go back again. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I've been missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted. 
the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so that I can see who will go this morning. Is there anybody in the house of God this morning who is willing to say, uh, Jesus, uh, give me your eyes. Uh, Jesus, give me your heart. Uh, Jesus, give me your soul this morning. Amen. For the lost humanity that is out there in the world today. Who will go? Number three. We're going to talk about the fullness of the harvest. In verse 37, Jesus said, The harvest truly is plentiful. Because everywhere Jesus went, there was not a shortage of people who had needs in their life. In fact, Jesus had to be very intentional about, I hate to use the word sneaking away, but that's really what he did in some places. He had to sneak away from his disciples and the crowds and the multitudes and get away and pray. He had to spend time alone with the Father. He had to have some time for Him, amen, to be, amen, restored, to get that strength that He needed to keep going. But there were so many people who were constantly pressing around Jesus because there were so many people who had needs in their lives. And the same thing is true today. There is no shortage of people who need Jesus. The fields are full. <laughs> amen. This world is filled with lost, hurting, broken, suffering, outcast, and forgotten people. There's a group called the Barna Research Institute. They did a study in 2020 on the state of the church. They found that 25%, only 25% of Americans consider themselves practicing Christians. That made my eyebrows raise. I didn't see I was raised quite as high, but 25%. So that means 75% are not active, practicing Christians. 43% of that total, that number there, that make up that 75%, 43% of that 75 said they were non-practicing Christians. What is a non-practicing Christian? I would repeat what was just said. But since we're on live stream, here it goes anyway. It's a Democrat. You can call it what you want to call it. If I get, I might get kicked, we might get kicked off YouTube, Kendall. That's okay. Just keep going. What is a non-practicing Christian? I don't even know what that, that doesn't even make sense. You know what a non-practicing Christian is? A sinner. Somebody who's lost, who's not following Jesus, uh, who's not in the kingdom of God. Uh, they might have grown up in the church and their family might go to church and they might know what a church is or who Jesus is. But if you're not practicing Christianity, ladies and gentlemen, you are not a Christian. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 43% said they were non-practicing Christians. And 32% said they were non-Christian. They just said, we're not Christian altogether. At least they were honest, right? You know what that tells me? Three out of every four people that you come in contact with every day need Jesus. At least three out of four people that you come in contact with need Jesus. Not to mention the 25% who are sitting in church who call themselves a professing Christian who need Jesus. I turned around on that one, so I didn't look at nobody because I ain't preaching to nobody this morning. 
But you understand what I'm saying? It might be four out of four. My point this morning is this. We have no excuse. We have no excuse this morning not to be working in the kingdom of God. The fields are white. The harvest is the harvest is plentiful, but the question is that I keep asking this morning, uh, that I'm trying to drive home to us this morning, who will go? Number four is the failure of the harvest. You see, Jesus saw the fullness. He saw the harvest where it was, but He also understood that there was a failure in the harvest. Jesus said in verse number 37, there were too few laborers willing to work in the fields. I asked you some a minute ago if you've ever planted a garden. Some of you were honest and said you had. <laughs> but you can put all the work you want to into tilling the soil, into mixing in the fertilizer, into plowing the rows, into planting the seeds, into watering the ground and keeping out all the weeds, and you can have the greatest bumper crop that you've ever had in your life. But unless you go out into the field, when that, hot, when that crop becomes ripe, Unless you go out in that field and begin to take in the harvest, unless you go out and pick, pick those pink eye purple holes and put them in the bucket and do something with them, amen, that harvest that is out there in the field is going to rot and it will do you no good. My prayer this morning is that we take on the attitude that we are not going to let one more soul be lost to the devil that we will get on fire for God and let that fire fuel our passion for reaching the lost. The question is this morning, who will go? Who is willing to say this morning, no more failure in the harvest? Who is willing to say this morning, I'll take up my place in the kingdom of God? Who is willing to say, uh, I'm willing to work and do my part for a harvest of souls? Uh, amen. I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, amen, that Jesus uh, is speaking to this house uh, and this church. Uh, and I'm speaking this morning, uh, amen, under the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, until we get a heart uh, for the lost sinner that is out there, amen, we will not accomplish what God wants to accomplish. I'm going to preach for just a minute and get off my notes. And you can turn off YouTube or you can keep it going. I'm about to get real with us this morning. It's time we as the church get our hearts set on fire for God. I said it is time for us as the church to get our hearts set on fire for God and quit playing around with God. Quit playing around with our salvation. Quit playing around and telling everybody, amen, we got it all together and we're all right. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you aren't where you're supposed to be with Jesus, you're on your way to hell. And as long as you're too worried about this morning who is looking at you uh, and who is watching you uh, and who is, it's all about us. Uh, if we'll get us out of the way, uh, amen, somebody else can move in. My Lord. Give us your eyes, God, that we can see. Give us your heart, God, we can feel something this morning. Uh, give us something in our hearts. Move us this morning. We need an explosion of something to happen. 
We need somebody to ignite a fire. In the name of Jesus Christ this morning, I rebuke every foul spirit of the devil that is in this house this morning. I rebuke every foul spirit of the enemy that would try to stop stop the harvest from moving forward. I rebuke every enemy that is in this house this morning that would try to stop somebody from getting on fire for God. I'm tired of dead, dried up religion this morning. Would somebody get your hearts on fire for Jesus? I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish preaching this morning. I'm going to try here in a minute. I'm here to tell us this morning. Today is the day. God is draw- I feel God drawing the line in the sand right now. Amen. I don't know. Amen. What you feel. If you don't feel nothing this morning, come to the altar. Get Jesus in your heart. Get on fire for God. If nobody else wants it, I want it. If nobody else is going to go after it, I'll go after it. If nobody else needs it this morning, I need it. There is more this morning than coming and sitting, amen, on a pew, amen, and filling up some air and taking up some space, amen. There is more to your salvation this morning, amen, than just, amen, existing in a church service. There is more, amen, to our salvation this morning than warming up the temperature of the pew that you are sitting on. I need some people this morning who will say, ah, will go who will go this morning let me tell you the future of this harvest this morning he said pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest in other words don't just pray for the lost to be saved but pray for laborers in the harvest this morning dear heavenly father god i'm praying this morning for the harvest God, I'm praying this morning, God, for laborers. God, I'm praying, God, for some, God, that'll go out, who will say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm calling out, amen, for some this morning, God, and asking God for help, God, this morning, for somebody who will say, amen, I'm willing to step out and do some things, amen, that I didn't think was possible. Amen, God, I'm praying for laborers this morning. Not the 43% who say we're, we're non-professing Christians. We're non-believing Christians. Amen. We're non-practicing Christians. Come on, somebody. I need somebody who will say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God into salvation to those that believe. I need some people this morning. I need some laborers this morning. I need some men of God who will step up and say, I don't care what happens on the job site and what sister so-and-so says or brother brother so-and-so says. I'm not following along, amen, with what they're doing. I'm following along with your word. There will be no harvest where there are no laborers. We want to fill the house. We want to fill the church. Have you filled your heart?
We want, to, we want empty pews to be filled. Is your heart on fire? Or do when they come in, do they feel cold? Do they feel emptiness? Do they feel nothing? Because there is nothing. Can I tell you this morning? I know I'm preaching hard. Uh, amen. But I'm preaching what the Lord is laying on my heart this morning. Uh, amen. This is the moment. Uh, I believe God is saying, uh, is there anybody in the house of God this morning who will say, yes, Lord, we will go. God, I'm praying this morning. We need more preachers in the house of God. We need more teachers in the house of God. We need more worshipers in the house of God. We need more musicians and singers in the house of God. Amen. We need more prayer warriors this morning in the house of God. Amen. We need some who will reach out with compassion and love to those that are in need. We need more of those in the house of God this morning. Send us laborers, God. I'm praying this morning, Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into the harvest. Lord of the harvest, send us families that will work for the kingdom of God. Send us believers who will stand upon the word of God. Send us those who will back us up and hold us up and push us forward. God, send us those. God, I feel you this morning. As strongly this morning, God, as I've ever felt you. God, give me your eyes. God, if you've got to take away these earthly eyes, these physical eyes, these carnal eyes, so that I can see you better this morning. It would be better for me to not have these eyes than as your word says to let these eyes carry me to a devil's hell. God, if these hands are God, not God lifting you up and worshiping and praising you, if they're not further than the kingdom of God, if they're holding me back, if these hands offend me, God, cut them off. Take them from me, God. It'd be better if I entered into eternity without these hands uh, than to go to a devil's hell. God, this morning, send us laborers. Send laborers out into the harvest lest we forget why we're even here. We are not a church so that I can stand behind a pulpit and look pretty on YouTube. Because we know that ain't happening. We are not a church so that we can have pretty flowers and large TV screens and breakfast on Wednesday night. We are not here so that we can play upon the notes of this instrument, 
so that somebody can say, look how pretty she plays. We are not a church today so that we can have the latest and the greatest, amen, air conditioning system so that when it's 105 degrees outside, it's a, it's a cool 68 in here. God, we are a church today that is supposed to be reaching souls for the kingdom of God. And God, you said, let, your word says, let judgment begin at the house of God. So God, I stand before this congregation this morning, and I know I preach hard, but I stand before this congregation this morning as numero uno. is first in line to say, God, I'm not doing my part. God, I'm not fulfilling my calling the way that I should. God, when I read this scripture this week and I begin to study and I begin to pray, God, you begin to speak to my heart and my life. God, there are areas where I'm failing you. And this morning, God, I'm making a decision this morning. God, to see what you see today. I close my natural eyes and I look through the Spirit this morning and I see a field that is white to harvest. I see souls that are lost and undone. I see my own family members that are dying and going to hell. I see people who are sitting on pews. God, who needs you this morning. And what am I doing to change any of that? Am I so wrapped up in what I'm doing? Am I so busy with my life and my plans that, God, I can't see yours? I repent this morning. God, I repent this morning. Help me. God, to go into the fields, God, and gather the harvest, God, that you have placed, placed there before us, God. I can't reach them all, God, but what am I doing to reach one? God, I repent over this house. I repent, God, for us as a congregation. And I ask you, God, to help us to burn with fire in our lives. And God, do what you have called us to do to preach the gospel to the poor, to pray for the sick, to set people free from the demonic chains that have got them bound this morning. God, to reach out with hands of love and compassion to those that are in need.
There's an old song. Some of you may remember it. It's called, My House is Full, But My Field is Empty. Kindle us under the closing. It says, push away from the table. Look out through the window pane. Just beyond the house of plenty lies a field of golden grain. And it's ripe unto harvest. But the reapers, where are they? They're in the house. Oh, can't the children hear the father sadly say? And the course says, my house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. No one wants to work in my fields. And the last line of that song says this, will you go and work in my field? Who will go? Who will go this morning? Who's ready this morning? Who will say, God, here am I? As I say, Isaiah said, I think it's in chapter 6, verse number 8. He says, here am I, Lord. <laughs> here I am. Send me. I love you this morning. I love us too much not to tell us the truth. And the truth is this morning that we need to be doing more for the kingdom of God. Starting with your pastor. We need to do more for the kingdom of God. There's a field out there that is ripe to harvest. I've sang that song, I don't know how many times, I want us to be together in heaven. And I got aunts and uncles and cousins and friends and neighbors that are lost and dying on their way to hell. What have I done? What have I done this week to keep somebody from slipping out? Of Two people near my house lost their lives, went out into eternity in a split second. It could happen just that quickly for our family and our friends. And we say sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing. We say sometimes, you know, well, I've tried. They just won't listen. I, I've tried to reach out to them. They, they just don't pay attention. I've tried to touch them in some kind of way and, and invite them to church and do all these things, but... It just doesn't work. Some of you were here. My dad preached a message a couple weeks ago. What did he tell us? Don't take off the rope. It's not about our successes or failures. Like we can mark it off on a piece of paper and say, look what we've done. We got somebody into the kingdom of God. That's not what it's about. It's about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to somebody. Sometimes it's just about going to somebody who's in need, and I don't even know what their condition is, but I know they're sick. I don't know where their soul is, but I can pray for them, and I can ask Jesus to heal them, and I can tell them Jesus loves you.
Jesus died for your sins. And by his stripes you're healed. And he wants to heal not only your body, but your soul, your spirit, and everything about you. He wants to make you whole and complete. He wants to bring you to a place, uh, amen, where you are in fellowship with him. He, he's got a place prepared for you in heaven. And he's coming back one day to receive you, to take you to that place. Uh, do you want to go with him? Uh, can I share with you today uh, how to get to that place that Jesus has prepared for you? Will you go this morning? I know we've already had altar call this morning, but if there's anybody else in the house, I'm not going to do a formal altar call, but if there's anybody else in the house this morning, you say, Brother Tony, I want to pray, or I want you to pray for me. And you want to spend some time with God, the altar's open. In fact, the altar's never closed. The altar's always open. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We pray it has been a blessing and encouragement to you. Don't forget you can find out more about our church by visiting our website at farmhillchurch.faithlifesites.com or you can look us up on Facebook. May God bless you and we look forward to seeing you at Farm Hill Church very soon.